0: Hey everybody it's dan welcome or welcome back to the bridge church podcast please at the end of this podcast take a moment to subscribe to our youtube channel head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information plus it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the bridge church but most importantly I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome to church. Welcome to November. It's Sunday morning, of all things. And uh, we appreciate it, whether you're watching in the afternoon, evening, morning, whatever, wherever around the world. Thanks for joining us on the stream today. Uh, Just a a quick reminder for everybody in the Utah area, uh, stream only uh, for the future. Uh, We'll let you know otherwise. But for now, this is it, 8 a.m. Sunday morning, okay, ish, right? So I want to tell you the story. This is a a very common story about a young pastor's visiting an elderly woman in the hospital. Uh, She has lots of bags and hoses and Uh, Beeps and machines and all this stuff. She's hooked up. She's very old and the young pastor (laughs) asks her the question uh, You know, what can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? He says and uh, um, The elderly woman uh, leaves her eyes closed and and uh, picks up her head and just says I want to be healed So the pastor prays this prayer that I'm gonna pray he says uh, takes a big deep breath and a gulp, and and then he prays, Lord, we pray for your sustaining presence with this sick sister. And if it be your will, we pray that she shall be restored to health and to service. But if it's not your will, we certainly hope she will adjust to the circumstances. And after a... Um, unsure amen at the end of that prayer, the older sister opens up her eyes, she lifts up her head, she sits up in the bed, turns, flings her legs off the side, disconnects all the hoses, stands up, and walks right out of the room. Before the pastor can even get a word out, she is down the hall, yelling at the top of her lungs, look at me look at me i'm healed and the pastor still sitting in the room has to reach down push his mouth shut because he is baffled about what just happened walks down the stairs out to outside he gets to his car he unlocks his car and he tosses his bible in and he looks up to the heavens and goes to god don't you ever do that to me again. (laughs) So you can see even pastors sometimes doubt if God's going to heal, if it's God's will to heal. So we're gonna kind of start a brand new series today and and this series is called Jesus dot 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 on, Jesus on. And today because of uh, the current situation in the world, we're gonna call it Jesus on the coronavirus, right? And we're gonna talk about divine healing, God's healing. Is it God's will to heal, right? That'll that'll start a fight in most churches, right there. Church splits, there's been wars fight over, fought over if it's God's will to heal or not, okay? So Jesus on today, we're gonna start with Jesus on the coronavirus. So if we're gonna start talking about Jesus, we got to establish one fact, and that is that Jesus deals in truth and truth alone. Okay? So, good luck finding any kind of truth about the coronavirus, okay? I I did some research this week. I couldn't find anything that was accurate. So the few minor pebbles of information that I have, I will share with you. they came from the c d c website, so uh it's just real hard to find accurate information, right Their number says that two hundred and twenty five thousand people have died right because uh, i'm not I don't remember what the wording was, but it's something to do with the coronavirus where if you look at the fine print, it's because of complications from the coronavirus so now, that could mean elderly people who were already sick. It could mean people who have uh, get the coronavirus and then ends up in pneumonia. It's a multitude of things. The, the point is that there's no truth about what's really happening. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's frustrating to, to, to not be able to find good information about it. And like I said, Jesus deals in absolute truth. Right? So we're either going to follow him or listen to the other thing, right? So 80% of people who contract the virus, according to the CDC, have symptoms, but they're not deadly symptoms. That's a sore throat. That's a headache. That's a cough. Those things that are highly contagious, yes. And it is a real thing. I'm not minimizing the virus at all. I'm just saying 80%, according to the CDC website, 80% of people who contract the virus end up with minimal symptoms, okay? And uh, the mortality rate, though, let's say the survival rate to be positive, is in the high 90%, like 96 to 98% is the survival rate, Okay. So remember, Jesus deals in absolute truth. So if we're going to talk about Jesus and what he said, we're going to talk today about divine healing and how Jesus handled it. And we're going to look at some things that Jesus did and how he handled situations so that we can handle those situations like him because we follow after him not a pastor not the news not the fake news not anything we follow after him so we're gonna follow his lead in this okay so let's establish a few things that we're gonna build on every single week with every different topic that we're gonna when we say Jesus on we're gonna build on this foundation I want to build a foundation and we're gonna start um, in 1st John chapter 3 and we need to establish a few things about Jesus, who he is, okay? So in First John chapter 3, look at verse 7. It says, little children, <laughs> this is for today, right? Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, he, meaning Jesus, is righteous. Verse 8, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. Now listen, circle, right, highlight right here. For this purpose, what purpose? Because of the devil and sinning from the beginning, the Son of Man, Jesus, is manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Okay? So what do we know from this verse about Jesus? That he was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. That's why he's made. That's why he came to destroy the works of the devil, including deception. Okay? Including deception. All right, next one. James chapter 1 verse 17 okay we're gonna stack these and and remember in the mouth of two or three witnesses uh let every word be established so what that means is that we can build doctrine on two or three witnesses meaning first john now james and then acts 10 38 okay so look what it says in james chapter 1 verse 17 every good gift good gift Perfect gift is from above, and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. What does variation mean? Well, if we define variation as a change or difference in condition, we can see clearly that if we read Hebrews 13.8, that says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, there is no variation. Okay, so now let's read the, read these scriptures again. With no variation, they cannot change or be moved or uh, make a difference in condition. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father. So what do we know? Well, we know for sure that Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the enemy. And every good gift comes from the Father, Right? Now we're going to put the the capper on it in Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, right? Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Unlimited power. (laughs) Who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. I want you to notice doing good and healing. Say it with me. Doing good and healing. All. Is everybody in all? Who's in all? I'm in all. I'll be in all. Everybody's in all, right? So here's the deal. Please understand what we know, okay? Jesus came to for the purpose uh, that he's going to destroy the evil enemy, okay? That's what we know. Number two, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father, That's number two. Number three is that Jesus has unlimited power, went about doing good, and healing. Everyone who is oppressed of the devil, get this in your heart today, that oppression comes from the devil, right? Healing's good, comes from heaven. Oppression comes from the enemy. And remember this, if it wasn't created in the Genesis account from day one to day six, it's not of God, right? If sickness was not created in the six days, seven days God rested, the first six days God didn't create cows and, and uh, pigs and chickens and sickness. That didn't happen. God did not create the coronavirus. Stop it. He's not judging anybody. That would be a child abuser if that was the case, okay? So healing is good, comes from heaven. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. Every good and perfect gift comes from heaven. Jesus does good and heals. And then finally, we can add on that God was with him, okay? God was with him with unlimited power, right, okay? So this is what Jesus is all about. Look at, we're going to go in Matthew today. Matthew chapter 4 is where we're going to start. And This is a combination through Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 8, and Luke chapter 9 and 10. There is a string of miracles that take place where Jesus is healing, and he backs it up with his word. So that's where we're going to look. We're going to, to the extent of Jesus' healing ministry and commission because we just read in Acts that he was commissioned to heal. And if you're a Christian Christ follower, it's for you too, okay? And we're gonna see in a minute. Look at uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. He says this, "'And Jesus went about uh, all Galilee, "'teaching in their synagogues.'" This is Jesus' commission. This is Jesus' commission right here. "'Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease among the people. If you want to know, build a, a strong, world-famous ministry, start with that. Then his fame, literally the report of him, the news was traveling, went through all Syria and they brought to him sick people, who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Say it with me. He healed them. Right? He did not ask questions. So moving on here, verse 25. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee to Decapolis. Decapolis is a region of 10 cities, Deca, right, 10 cities in Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. We can see Jesus' commission, his commission, preach the gospel, heal the sick. That's what he did. And by the way, this is the first New Testament record of Jesus healing physical uh, afflictions and bringing deliverance to the demonically tormented are you with me? This is the first occurrence where it really took place. He had, Jesus didn't have, you know, this thing where Jesus had to, well, he's just proven he's the Son of God. That's a bunch of baloney. Say it with me. the French word balogna. That's not even reality. Jesus had compassion, right? It was part of his lifestyle. He healed out of compassion for the suffering multitudes. Here's a prayer for you, and I want to give you a little um, just kind of watch it right? Because if you sing that song that we sing sometimes and you pray the prayer, Lord, let me feel it, feel compassion like you feel compassion, be careful because God will let you feel what he feels for his people and it'll destroy you. Your eyes will leak really bad. Serious, right? So Jesus intended uh, part of his ministry Right, everybody thinks he it was just walking around carrying sheep, being all nice and cozy. Jesus, part of his ministry, part of his commission, was to heal. Right? If we look at in Mark sixteen, verse eighteen, the great commission. Right? They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's part of our commission. Right? It's, it's interesting. He extends his commission on the basis because of his atonement, because of what he did on the cross, it's included. We'll get more of that in a minute, right? This is part of what we do. It's amazing to me, and we'll read this in a minute too, in James chapter five, he tells the, the elders, uh, in James chapter five, tells the elders to lay hands on the sick and they, the prayer of faith shall heal them. That the whole Greek, um, the way that's written, It's like a question. What? There's sick people among you? There shouldn't even be sick people among you because you're laying hands on the sick. It's what we do, right? So the the extent of Jesus' ministry and commission was healing, right? Matthew chapter 8. Let's look at another story. This whole string right here of scriptures, starting in verse 1, is amazing to me. I love this passages because it, it shows the authority of Jesus, right? So look at the authority of Jesus and, and his authority over sickness and the law specifically, okay? So look at when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him and behold, a leopard came and worshiped him. Well, if you got a need, that's a good place to start with worship. Saying, "Lord, if you oh, this is a this is going to be a whole big old foot right in your feet, going to trip you up right here." He says, "Says to him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean." Ooh, that's that's it, right? Just like the pastor's prayer in the beginning, this willing thing and God. Whoo, that'll start a fight. Then Jesus put out his hand. And touched him saying, say it with me, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed and Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one and go your way, So show yourself to the priest, which was Levitical law. If you were claiming to be healed, you had to go show yourself to the priest. That's part of the law um, that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. This is amazing. This is an amazing story. And this is the big trip hazard for Christians all over the place because of the if you are willing. Of course, he's willing. It's his commission. How can it not be? I mean, it's crazy. A couple of things happen here. Number one, Jesus touches a leper, which was against the law. He's showing his authority over it, right? And he's exhibiting authority over the disease and the law. And he was, if, if, you know, the whole story of lepers were around, it's like the virus, right? Social distancing, you got to connect, you can't touch, you got to wear a mask, you got to stay away. I'm telling you, deception and the devil. Jesus came to defeat those things. Come on, somebody, right? How wonderful is it when Jesus says, I am willing, right? Matthew tells this story to know that Christ, our Jesus, he possesses the ability to, and the willingness, of course he's willing. How can, it, how can he not be willing if it's his commission? If it's not, he's fighting against his father, right? And if God sent it, he's fighting against his own father, which is impossible because they're one, right? Here's the thing. It's been said before, and, and I want you to write this down, okay? Never put a question mark where the Bible puts a period. I am willing, period. Not you are willing, question mark, right? Never put a question mark where God has put a period. Then he tells the the leper, go show yourself to the priest, right? Go show yourself to the priest, balancing his authority over the sickness and the law, doing things decent and in order, because he's Jesus, that's the way he rolls, and he was committed to the law, right? So Jesus, number one, Touches the leopard, not supposed to do that. Number two, tells him uh, that he is willing, puts a period there, I am willing. Jesus is willing to heal you. And like Psalm 91, Jesus is able and willing to protect you. And that's why we pray, I pray with my family and I pray around my people and we draw a line with the blood of Jesus. Back off, Satan, you got no place here. No, Togas Tachi. Nope, we can't come here because that bloodline prevents it because of Jesus' authority and his commission to heal. Let's keep going here. Verse 5. Now we see a Gentile coming into the picture, right? Here's a Gentile coming into the picture. Now, when Jesus entered Carpan- <laughs> Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him right, pleading with him, saying, Lord, I would circle that, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Remember what Jesus' commission is, to heal and deliver the oppressed. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Notice it wasn't, well, if I got time, nor if I can. The centurion asked and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word so come on somebody somebody should be speaking a word right now you got sickness trying to travel into your house speak a word to that thing and my servant will be healed for i am a man under authority having soldiers under me and i say to this one go and he goes and another one come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when Jesus heard it, he marvelled and said to those who followed, "Listen to what he said. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This is a Gentile. This isn't even a, a, a follower, a disciple, or anything. He's just a. He's probably, um, you know, one of those guys who's, who's considered defiled by the Jewish elders. He's, he's, you know." An outsider he's probably not a proselyte of righteousness <laughs> you know he's not selected he's not like a hero they hate him he's an outsider he's an outcast like last week we were talking about Ruth and Naomi and how Ruth is an outsider she's not part of the family she's not part she's not Jewish this guy is a Gentile Roman centurion soldier. He is hated by everybody and he hates everybody, but he can recognize the Lord and he's seen the miracles. There's a couple of things that happen here. Number one, he walks right up to Jesus. That shows some boldness. Sometimes you got sickness trying to get in your life, a little boldness might be good, right? He walks right up and he dresses him as Lord, shows some respect to to Jesus. Right, And he's not really sure who he was, but he saw the proof. And then Jesus uh, you know, asks him for help. The centurion asks him for help. That's just childlike faith. And here's the thing about the Gentiles. I love reading about the Gentiles in the Gospels because, you know what? They don't have to unlearn years of religion to try to make this thing work. They just see the miracles and go, I want that. And that's okay. That's a good way to be. That's called childlike faith. I don't want to know about all the religion. I just want to have a relationship with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Right? Are you with me? Jesus expresses willingness. He's like, I will come. Not didn't even bad an eye about it. It didn't really matter. And, and uh, the centurion's reply that we read there uh, reveals his recognition of Jesus' authority. He says, hey, that's authority. He has authority over sickness, just like I have authority over soldiers and people who work for me. He has authority over oppression and sickness. I see it. I want it. I I have a need. I'm going to be bold and go ask. The timidity of Christians. Oh, I don't want to bother. It's like, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You don't see the apostle Paul going, I don't want to offend anybody. His job was to offend people. You know, Peter and, and John in the, in the temple, the healing of the guy at the beautiful gates, got what, what threw him in prison? I don't see a whole lot of timidity in that. And they told them not to go back to the temple in the book of Acts. what they do the next day? They were in the temple, out of jail, doing it. That's crazy. Right? So let's look at uh, a little further on in verse 14 and 15. We see, um, well, let's finish reading this. uh, Because he goes on in verse 11 here and he says, I say to you that many will come from the east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, talking about Gentiles being involved in in the Jewish ministry. And then he says, but the sons of the kingdom will be cast out of outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth Talking about how Israel, uh, it's the whole I never knew you phrase, right? How Israel's following religion and chasing after religion and they never had a relationship, right? Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And him and his servant were healed that same hour. Look at Jesus. Look at God. Then we go on 14 and 15. Peter's mother in law is healed. I want you to take notice of one thing. He touched her hand. It's okay to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Right? Now let's look at some biblical grounds for healing. Look at verse 16 and we see Jesus uh, quoting prophecy from Isaiah 53. And this, I love this stuff. This is where you could take the prophecies of Jesus. There's probably uh, 19 or 18, 19, depending on how you count. Uh, specific healings of Jesus in the Gospels, not counting the multitudes, the ten lepers, and all that stuff that they talk about. But there's probably 18 or 19 instances, and there's only a handful that are Gentiles. And, And this one specific is talking about the atonement, about what Jesus did on the cross and how it includes healing. It's in there, okay? So look what he says. An evening had come. They brought him many who were Demon oppressed, he cast out the spirits with a word, right? He talked to those things, get out of here. And he healed all who were sick. Say all. All who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet. This is Isaiah 53. We're going to go look at it in a second. He himself who took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Okay, he he quotes this prophecy, and and the reason he's quoting this prophecy is so that he can uh, include it in his redemptive work on the cross. Isaiah 53, uh, verse 3 through 5, he he says this, he says, He is despised and rejected, literally forsaken by men, uh, a man of sorrows, literally pain, and acquainted with griefs, literally grief, there is sickness in the Hebrew, and, and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we did not esteem him verse 6 the uh, verse four surely he has borne our griefs Born this is this is uh, the the New Testament um, quote of this first Peter 224. Coming at you, and he says, he carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. His chastisement of our shalom peace was upon him, and by his stripes, say stripes, we are healed. He is completely saying that the same atonement, the same redemption, the same trip to the cross included our sins. Remember, two or three witnesses. Now in the mouth of two or three witnesses, uh, it shall be established. So we see it all over the place that Jesus paid the price for our sins. Well, included in that atonement was healing. By his stripes we are healed. Our sins are forgiven, and by his stripes we are healed. It's that for our phrase. For our redemption, for our Forgiveness of sins for our healing. That's why Jesus went to the cross. He was given to us of a savior. It's all of us, not just part of us, not just the ones who behave, not just the good ones. Everybody, say to your neighbor, "I'm included, right? I am included." Divine healing is a part of the atonement of Christ. Right. Finally, last one. Right here. You ready? Luke chapter 10. Number four, finally, we are to be sent out. This is something, this is a part of what we do. We have a part of our service when we're gathering that we lay hands on the sick and we expect recovery. Jesus' instructions to the 70 is clear. Look at verse one. After these things, the Lord appointed in 70. In chapter nine, he's already told the 12, his inner circle, He's already told them the same thing. Now he's sending 70 out. uh, Go out two by two um, for his face into the city where the place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest is truly great. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of his harvest to send you laborers and go your way. Behold, I send you out of lambs among wolves. Okay? We're going to skip down to verse. Look at verse eight and nine. He says, Wherever you, whatever city you enter, they receive you. Eat such things that are set before you. And look at verse nine. He said, Heal the sick there, and to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. His instructions to the 70 is to heal the sick there. No matter where you are, you can heal the sick, whether it's on your job, whether it's in a city, whether wherever it is, you have the authority by what Jesus did that God's kingdom and the ministry of healing run together and you can do it where you are. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The authority to heal has been given to Jesus' disciples. That's you. That's me. That's anybody who calls themselves a Christian is a disciple of Jesus. Okay? And we see we are active participants in this kingdom because we are laying hands on the sick and they will recover, right? We see it all through the book of Acts. People being thrown into prison and jail because they're laying hands on the sick. We see him stealing Paul's aprons from where he was working, building tents. They would take his aprons and go lay them on the sick, and they would recover. We see people trying to lay in the street, in his shadow crossing them, and people getting up and being healed, and exalting Jesus. Not the men, not the guys, Jesus, right? All through the book of Acts. And then we see in James chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, if there's any among you sick, notice a question mark, what are you doing sick? We should laugh in the face of the coronavirus. I'm not saying do stupid things, but I'm saying we should laugh in the face of the coronavirus. Is any among you sick? let him call for the elders of the church, let him pray over him anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise you up Sickness is defeated. Jesus is Lord. Remember, teaching, preaching, healing, Jesus ministry right there. That's what he did. Right? There is no exception to being sick. The coronavirus is nothing. The blood of Jesus has defeated everything. It has no place. And here's the thing that's just amazing about the coronavirus and Jesus, that Jesus is absolute truth, and the coronavirus is absolute lie. You cannot find truth in it anywhere. You can't find any, any true numbers. You can't find any truth about it anywhere. That should be a red flag for a Jesus follower. Let me close with this story from Alan Golding. And he writes, when they were missionaries to the Philippines, they vacationed in a Baguio city in the mountains. And uh, while they were there, they visited this silver school, the St. Louis Silver School. And they admired the exquisite workmanship. They took home a souvenir, a pure silver money clip uh, embell- embellished with uh, a distinctive design. And he goes on to say that he carried that clip for 24 years and then finally one day it broke. And then he took the two pieces of the money clip back to the school and they walked into the school and an older gentleman walked up to him and said, can I help you? And he said, yeah, I uh, purchased this money clip years ago and it's broken. I would like to see about getting another one. Well, the gentleman who was... uh, Helping them, after examining the pieces for a minute or so, he looked up and he said, I designed this clip. It was, I was the only one to make this sign. This was the, one, the only one ever made. And uh, um, Alan Golding looks at him and he says, Well, can you fix it? And the workman looks him right in the face. He said, I designed it. I made it. I can fix it. Think about that for a second. Your designer, your maker, made you. Had you on his mind from the time you were in your mama's womb. If you need healing today, we're going to pray in just a minute. If you know somebody who needs healing today, I want you to, to focus right there. You know, and, and after, after we're done with the stream, you can uh, give them a call. You can go see him. Do, you know, mask up, do whatever you got to do to do, but you go lay hands on the sick. It's your commission. It's Jesus' commission through us. You know, and I didn't read it, but in a little later on in Luke chapter 10, listen to verse 17. He says, And the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. How about some authority, somebody? The demons were... Uh, subject to us in your name and he says he talks about satan falling from heaven jesus speaking behold listen to this your refrigerator verse for the day verse 19 behold i give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing say nothing shall by any means hurt you that's some authority Right? So if you're sick today, if you, you're, you're battling this virus, I know it's a real deal thing. It's the real thing. But listen to me. We have the authority over this. So lay your hands on yourself wherever you hurt today, wherever you, uh, you have pain or your lungs, if you're dealing with the virus, whatever it is. And we're going to pray. And we're going to take some authority. And we're going to win this fight. Because Jesus won the fight on the cross. The victory is ours in the name of Jesus, right? So say this, just pray with me. Put your hand on whatever hurts or lay hands on whoever is around you who's sick. And we'll pray this. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over this sickness. And Father, by the blood of Jesus, by the atonement of Jesus, by his work on the cross, We take authority over this sickness and we cast it out. And sickness, you have to bow to the name of Jesus. And Father, we paint the blood of Jesus across this virus in this country. And Father, it can no longer be deceptive. It can no longer fool people. And it can no longer cause deception. And it can no longer create fear in the masses. So we put a bind on it in the name of Jesus, and we paint the blood of Jesus around our families, around the people we love, and Father, we declare ourselves healed in the name of Jesus, the name above every name. That is Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now maybe you're here today, maybe you're watching on the stream, and you don't know Jesus maybe you don't have a clue you don't have a relationship with him. well listen, we want to help you today. we want to help you to come to know the Savior the one who who operates in this thing who gave us the authority it's real simple it's not hard it's one of the easiest decisions in your life and that's all you have to do is say yes Lord. so pray this with me, Father in the name of Jesus. I accept you as my Lord. I thank you for forgiving my sin. And I call you my Lord, my Savior, my Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You're now part of the family. Thanks for watching today. Thanks for being on the stream. Don't forget, uh, we got If Table Wednesday. We got The Gathering on Friday. I want to see you at a connect group. Come on, somebody. We have a good time. We laugh. We joke. Very informal. It's going to be a blast. God be with you. God keep you. May a space shine upon you. We'll see you next Sunday.
0: Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. Because of the recent events with COVID-19, we are meeting in Harriman temporarily until our new building is ready. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org. Or you can email info at thebridgelive.org or simply text 801-391-6969.